would like to spend a little time talking about, we call, we call, we call it on my outline, family care, but basically we have four kids. Abram was the oldest and is the oldest for our firstborn, but we've got Ezra, Jubilee, and Eli, which they're all 15 to 18 months behind in order. We did four in four years four. on purpose. Full disclaimer. Yeah. For for uh, we went for it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's like, you know how that happens? I'm like, yeah, dumbass. I know how that yeah, happens. Yeah, we figured literally. it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Turns out we do. Yep. So yeah. I appreciate that question. Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, <laughs> no, we did it on purpose. We, we wanted a big family and I love kiddos, but I was like the day I stopped carrying a diaper bag, it's not happening again. So we're going to do it. Yeah. And we did. And they get so cute. Like it's right around that like six to eight month mark. They would get real cute where they're not really mobile yet. And yet they're adorable and they're sleeping through the night. It's like the golden couple months. And we always got pregnant right then. So. Yeah. We weren't. God was very gracious in that. Yeah. We weren't mad about any of it. We were no, excited. It was awesome. We loved it. Minus I was a little grouchy pregnant, but. Yeah. Pregnancies were hard, but. We the love, kids great. We loved our kids. <laughs> so our other three kids, you know, this is happening to them too. In a lot of ways, they got the worst of it because, you know, Abram needs all the care and whatever we've got. And so they're getting whatever's left from us, which isn't a lot. So We still see stuff this day as a repercussion of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, we, we told them. He's got cancer and, you know, when he's first diagnosed, he's, you know, they're allowed to come to the hospital. And so he's diagnosed and it's it's scary, uh, but when they're able to come up and see their brother and he's okay. I mean, he's okay as far as they know him. He's okay. It's really helpful. Yeah. So getting him, getting him up there around him and he loved seeing him. He loved seeing Ezra. Yeah. (laughs) He loved the other two, but. Yeah. So Eli's two. He's two. Jubilee's four. No, Jubilee's, she just. Probably, well, she was three when he got diagnosed, but she had just turned four at the end of January. So we have a so almost that, three-year-old and a newly four-year-old. Yeah, so they're they're a lot. They want to push all the buttons. All the well, hosp- being that young, what's it like trying to figure out how to sh- what to share with them? I mean, we were we were pretty honest from the get-go. I mean, I mean, we weren't like, hey, Abram could die. We didn't do that. No, but we were like, he's got cancer. He's he, really sick. He's really sick, and this is not like a you're get over it in a week kind of sick it's we're gonna be in the hospital off and on and they knew and we talked about this like they knew enough about cancer at this point they had lost yep that's right so many family members to cancer like i i can't imagine how much eli understood it too but or even jubilee but there wasn't a like they had to have some concept like this is a big deal Hmm. for what they could understand i think yeah going up and seeing their oldest brother in a hospital bed connected to all the wires wires and IVs and and then you know as it went along you know he's losing his hair he's yeah. you know there's some sweet Ezra shaved it with him yeah so all the boys in the family I don't think Eli did it did we do it for you he got a haircut but it wasn't shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was so little he had no yeah. clue yeah imagine that as a memory mm. yeah for Ezra yeah I mean it's a sweet memory yeah yeah he did it for he, his brother yeah. Yeah, and, and uh Abram could care less about his appearance. Like That's not completely true. The only thing I remember that first time when we told him like he had cancer, he was upset that he was gonna lose his hair. 
In general, he was not an appearance person. He was fine after he lost it, but he did not like the idea that he was going to lose it. Mm. Whereas, and he was upset about it. That was the only thing I think he was upset about. But contrast that with Ezra, who really cares a lot about yeah. appearance. Yeah, he's a lot more GQ. Yeah. So, yeah. like, cutting his hair was... Yeah, it was a huge deal. Big deal. I agree with that. And he wanted to do it for his brother. Mm. Yeah. And so that was really sweet. And and, and so the, the relationship is... Abram and Ezra were extremely close. They, Abram was more gregarious, outgoing. Ezra's more introverted. But the two of them together, like Abram pulled something out of Ezra that was super sweet. And then vice versa. And they got along super well. And they were truly best friends. They were, they were really, they were, I mean, they were best friends. So then Ezra's whole world gets just completely rocked with his brother, his best buddy, is just gone. Um, I mean, he's there, but he's gone. What are their What are the, What's his? What are their ages? All three of the kids at this point. So initially, beginning of the journey. Yeah, initially Ezra's five, and then three and two, but Julie turns four like right after Abram gets diagnosed. So she's okay. almost four, and then Eli turned three not too long after. Yeah. So uh, when Abram passed, Ezra was seven. Uh, he was five and a half to six was most of his years of that and yeah we we don't have loads of wisdom of what you should do with your kids we just tried the best you know and i think that's true like i think we did the best we can but like ultimately there are things to this day we can see like i don't want to call them failures because we really were doing the best we could and i think there's this blanket of grace around that like we're ultimately we only had so much to give and so it's not like a guilt thing and i don't want to sound like that but like there are repercussions for our other kids. The scars, yeah. Yeah, that that affected them. I mean, they essentially, like we were talking about earlier, like they they were raised by my parents, your parents, aunts and uncles for a year and a half. I mean, to a degree. And that leaves marks because there's not stability at all in this season yeah. for them. Yeah, I mean, grownups too, but especially kids, like, function best in routine and rhythm. And that whole... It was gone. 22 months was, there was no rhythm, there was no routine. Mom's, you know, gone every other week. Dad's, if he's here, he's coming in late because he's been at the hospital or, you know... Or work. Or, you know, just whatever. Like, it's just... And then when we, Ashley and I, when we would get to spend time with them the last thing we were going to want to do is discipline. Yeah. We just wanted to hug and hold our babies. and Yeah. I mean, to a degree, I think before that, like we were both more, what you call like no parents or strict parents. Like, I mean, we we're more both wired that way, which I always like our kids got screwed by that deal. Cause it's like, we're just more like these, are the rules It's what you follow. Yeah. And, and I do think it looks different on this side, especially going through what we do with them. But specifically in this season, it's like, even for us, like when I'm home, I'm like, I'm I'm not going to get onto them how I would. Like my discipline and our rhythms, which for me, I feel like I needed in that moment. But ultimately, like looking at what our kids needed, like there's still like a mom's different, dad's different. Like I can do X, Y, Z and get away with it. And I mean, like we talked about this too, but like the, I mean, iPads, like we've always had rules around that, like what that looks like, what your time is. And it all went out the window during that. Like it was just free for all. 
And there's things that were not healthy for our kids ultimately. And yet I don't walk at all in like this guilt or shame of that. Like there's a lot of things I do wrestle with stuff, but not with that. Like, cause I'm like, we were surviving. And I think that's like, if anyone's listening to this, that like is in that, like, that's okay. Like you survive what you have to, you do the absolute best you can. And there's places where there's, it's okay to be like, I don't have this here. And that's okay. And, and I've seen our kids like, like there's not, not repercussions. And yet I've seen the other three still, as we brought back rhythms, as we have routines now, like they're okay. Like they're very resilient. And not that that's like, doesn't negate that they felt this pain and went through these struggles. Like, cause I think those are very real. Like it, ultimately I don't, my prayer for that is that it doesn't define them. And I, I think that's something I can expect. Yeah. If anything, just would admonish, just give yourselves a ton of grace. Cause I mean, and give your kids a ton so of grace. grace. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, they had, we were talking about, you know, between different grandparents, different aunt and uncle, they had four or five different sets of disciplines and rules that they had to follow. I mean, everything's. Yeah. None of them did the same. Yeah. And then us come home and we're different yeah. than how we normally interact. And so that's a lot. And when what they went through, I do think it will be interesting as they get older, like to see their story come out. And I, and I'm already getting glimpses of it. Like, especially like Ezra, like I just went on a date night with him last night. Like the stuff he shares with me, like as he gets older, as he can express stuff, like it is interesting. Cause like they're going through it too. And I think we miss that sometimes. Like, I know I missed that sometimes. Cause I'm like absorbed in my little world of, I want my son to live. I want, to fight for him. I'm trying to take care of my other three and yet missing that they're in this, like this is their story. Like this is what they're going through. And it's, it's completely different to some degree than what mine is. Cause I'm putting how I view life on them. You know what I mean? Like I know all these things and they don't. And so I do think it will define them. Do you guys remember, like I was, when you said the ages, I was trying to remember like if I remember anything from before I was five years old kind of thing. And I, and, and the reason I say that is like, it's, I, I sure, I'm sure that I do, but I don't do it. Like I remember things now. Like yeah. I remember like what I did last week or I remember what I did when I was 25. Like my recall, it's, it's, I wasn't able to, I can't go, I can't go back that far. I'm not saying people can't, I think people can. So it's almost like <laughs> the memory is like in it's in it's in you more than you know it kind of thing it's not in your like literal it, like memory it's yes. in it's in you as, i think as it's more human. like that yeah it's like it's it's what made you in some sense i um, think one of the hardest things for me is eli will remember abram through videos through what we've shared and i think i i genuinely think ezra and julie have a degree they will remember Abram. And and I actually I think the Lord could give that to Eli. Like and I and I ask for that often. But I also am like, he might not have that exact I mean he he will never understand that relationship because it was the only relationship we had. Like we had four kids in four years. So the only relationship I got to see and I remember it. And I think that's why it's so impactful is like the only relationship we got where it was actually an older brother and like a younger sibling. Like everyone else was just friends, enemy, like, like they all coexisted, you know what I mean? But like Abram and Eli had this gap and I got to see this sweet two years 
I mean, more than that, because Abram didn't stop being that for Eli, but like when he was healthy, a being a truly a big brother in a way that I show Eli often, like we talk about it, but that is hard for me. Cause like, I don't, I don't know what he can remember. Like, but it is interesting. Cause even now, like I've seen Eli process like that. Like he says mm. stuff, like he's like, but I miss Abram and I wish Abram was still here. And literally the other day, it was like two days ago. And it's hard because I don't know how much he's regurgitating what he hears. But he was like, Mom, I just wish, you know, when one of the persons in the family died, we all died and we could all just be in heaven together. I mean, that's Eli. Like, he's just like, hey, like, I want to be with Abram. Like, I want to all be together because he realizes something's missing. And yet I don't know what level cognitively, like, he actually remembers all the things. Yeah. And it may not be, and that's what I'm curious about. It's like, it's, it's probably less of a cognitive thing. It's more like a, it's, it's in who they are. It's in like the, their belly kind of thing. It's in like their being these impressions that they experience at, at volumes that most people don't kind of thing. Well, and I think he was probably the most influenced by being raised by other people. I mean, he was raised by other people the same amount of time he had been alive. I mean, like two years, we, he was two years old. When Abram got diagnosed, it was two years pretty much through going through treatment. Like, and that's a big sure. part of his story. So when you think about, right, diagnosis happens. You guys bring the kids up. Remember we talked about that in a previous episode. You communicate what you said earlier, which is he's really sick. He has cancer. He's not dying, but he's going to be in the hospital. What does keeping the family unit together look like, you know, after that, what, what, what did, what did that look like? So we were just trying to figure out ways they could interact, you know, cause as I mean, at first Abram could run around and jump and play, but then he couldn't. So we did a lot of video games cause that was something they Abram, Ezra could, they could do together and interact and I would do it with them. I, I'd, I'd played video games as a kid and I'd kind of given up on it. Well, then all it was a gift though in that season. Yeah, it's something I could engage. They were and play. Yeah, we can all do it together. Yep. And but it was uh, interactive. It wasn't just like right. Yeah. But you know they they loved it. Abram loved it. He could. It was something he could do. He could participate in. Ezra wasn't limited by. We're all playing the same kind of way. And and then you know if Abram got tired or didn't want to play anymore, he'd still sit there and watch. He loved watching. He loved watching more than playing. Yeah. And, you know, we were just looking for anything we could could connect. I mean. We did a lot of movie nights. A lot of movie nights. We'll talk more about this later. But just, you know, we were, as things were becoming apparent, you know, the trajectory of this thing. I mean, there was no limit to what we would try and do together. Yep. And that didn't make it easier. It was always harder. It it definitely made it harder. It was brutally hard. Um, But we fought for them. It was not convenient and it and sometimes Abram would feel worse because we pushed it but it was like man whatever we got to do to we would regret it though if we didn't try certain things yeah because we were fighting so hard to live for whatever memories we could and and the truth is sometimes it was not a win but sometimes it was and how it played out yeah because I mean what if if I mean there was a very real cost sometimes of like this, this pushed Abram too far, and now we're trying to play catch up yeah. in a way that was. It's hard because we want the other kids to have these memories with him. We want him to have the. Mem- I mean, like we're still fighting for him to live, but like 
we want the memories, right? And so you're fighting for those things. And just sometimes it. He's yeah. experiencing a limitation of what he can do in that environment. Yeah. 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 And sometimes we push him too far, but you don't know till you don't know. Like that's what's so hard. Like I don't necessarily yeah. regret it because we never pushed him. Like as soon as we knew he wasn't yeah. good, yeah, like yeah, we yeah. stopped. But it was, I mean, I think about a big thing I think about is his wish trip. We did it through the Dream Fund, but it was, and they were amazing. Like it was so cool that we got to go on it. So who who's the Dream Fund? Dream Fund. The Dream Fund. What is it? It's like a organization for kids. It's like Make a Wish. It's like Make a Wish. It's through Florida, which is really cool. This is actually totally a God story. Make a Wish would not send Abram. Abram, when he got diagnosed, we knew another family, and then my brother and his wife. They all went to Disney World. Right, like literally the week Abram got diagnosed, pretty much. They were both at Disney World at the same time. And so Abram's like, I want to go to Disney World. And so he learned real quick, you can get a wish. And this is before COVID, any of that stuff. And he's like, well, that's what I want. And so he was focused on Disney World. And so when we found out it wasn't going great, we need to make it happen. And make a wish was not willing to send kids anywhere because of COVID. But by God's grace, Dream Fund actually had my grandparents actually for years before Abram was ever sick on my dad's side that live in Florida, given money. Like that's what they would be their Christmas present. They would ask all the family to give money to this fund to send a kid somewhere. That's really cool. And it was what they did every year wow. before Abram was ever sick. Like this was just their heart. And so this fund, like they knew about my grandpa. He had actually passed away early that year. And at his funeral, I was talking to someone and I was like, yeah, it just really sucks. Cause I was like, he really wants to go here. We don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think we're gonna be able to do it. Like make a wish won't send us. And so she was like, we can send you. And they don't normally take out of state people like they're Florida based. And so it was awesome. Like it was totally a God thing. They did everything for us, but I will say we pushed them too hard. Like there is this hard place of like we wanted to go do all the things because he wanted to go do all the things sure and like go see all the stuff go do all the rides and yet he's still really sick and so but at the same time we're trying to balance our other kids like he really did not want to go to magic kingdom he did not want to see princesses he did not care about any of that felt very strongly but i'm like but your sister like we can't be here this all paid for thing and not go here so it's like it, it was really hard to navigate that where I'm like trying to do that. But I'm like, we did, I think, push him too hard on that trip where I think it would have been better for us to be like, let's go to two places. Let's just hang out at the place we're staying. What was it called? Give Kids the World. Is that what it is? Give Kids the World. Okay, Give Kids the World. So there's a place like that you can stay there for kids that have terminal illnesses. But it's also even that was such a bummer. Like they were great. We were hosted for free. There can't be real complaints, but like because of COVID, like what that could be was so different than what we experienced, which is hard, but it was a hard balance. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's the example I think of. Well, but the big deal was he wanted to go. He wanted to go. So we weren't throwing something at him. No, that he we want- did not want to go. Let, let We could be clear about that. Yeah. Neither of us. It was our, we called it our um, mission trip. Hmm. It was our mission trip for our children. It was not fun or easy for us. And yet, I mean, we were determined to make it happen. Yeah. And this is with getting like all the fast passes, all the the great things that you Best treatment. It was still really hard. It was brutally hard. 
And he's he's in a wheelchair. He's you know we're yeah he's in. I mean we're taking all the meds. He's he's. But it was worth it for his siblings. Worth it for him to make those sacrifices. Yeah. I mean it was yeah. not a sometimes the painful things are worth it. Yeah, yeah. it's just hard. It, there's there's such hard things to navigate on this side where I'm like, would I have done it different? But I'm like, but I would have regretted if we didn't take them. That he didn't ever get to see it. And what you're having to do in that is like you know this or you're you're aware that this might be a last for him and at the oh, same yeah. time maybe for jubilee it's a first yeah right and so like she wants to go do the princess thing and you're like yeah because i'm your mom and we need to go do that for well, cause your first and this might be his and, and that, they're in it too man. like that's what's right that is one of the big things i think with like talking about family care like they're young, but our kids are in it. Like, this is their story in a way that I don't even know the ways, ultimately, that this is going to impact them. But, like, to try to be present for them in that was our goal. And so if we can reach out specifically, you know, like, to each kid. Like, that was, like, I didn't want to lose sight of that. But it was. It but was, it was hard. It was extremely hard. It was, um, it was impossible. So yeah. as things change with Abram as far as like his health what did the kids know like what pockets of like when did you guys communicate or did you guys communicate kind of here's how he's doing you know what did that look like throughout the process as he changed and progressed we never took it to the finish line preemptively like we we didn't set the expectation of we might lose your brother yeah we were very honest about how he was doing and what he was doing. Yeah, we always shared, like anytime he got a scan or anything, we were, we never wanted to lie to them because I didn't want to ever be on the side of, I told you he's going to live and not. Like, because I mean, the, the only time we actually had to go to the finish line was very early on with Ezra. We talked about that before, where Ezra came in and asked us, is Abram going to die? And I said, I don't know. I mean, like, essentially, I was like. He came and asked you when? This was first couple of weeks after Abram got sick. He wanted to know. And he came in crying at night and was just like, is Abram going to die? And I was like, buddy, I don't know, but I, I, I hope not. And we're asking the Lord that he's going to save him. But I, we, from the get-go, we're not going to lie to them. Because I, at least the way I think we parent and the way we believe, like, I want to be safe. And so for my kid to think that I lied and said, hey, your brother's going to live. And then for him to die like that, that's not safe. Yeah. And so we didn't ever enter in if we didn't have to. And I will say we had so much grace. Like that was the only time we were asked that question mm. ever. Abram didn't ask us that. Jubilee didn't. Eli didn't. Just Ezra did once. Ezra two weeks in. Once. And he never did again. And so we were always very honest about scams. But we never, I mean, from the get-go, we always said God's going to heal him. And that was, that is, that to this day is true because mm -hmm. God did heal him. And we knew that to be true because God was either going to heal him on earth or he's going to heal him in heaven. And that is something that we can expand upon as they get older, but we were not going to lie to them. And so, and we said that, like, that was not, not a conversation. It was like, sometimes God heals here. Sometimes God heals in heaven, but like God heals. Yeah. So you were, you were essentially communicating to them the same thing you were communicating to yourselves and everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Within bounds. Yeah, within, within the words that For they sure. could understand. 100%. Yeah. So fair enough. Yeah. And, and that was mainly 
Yeah, it was just Ezra that we. It was really just Ezra that had the most questions. But and he's to, Rick, to Rick's point, Abram never asked either. No, and Abram never asked, <laughs> which I that is God's grace to me. It is well. I I to this day of all the things I think God did for me throughout the whole thing, like that was such a fear for me. And I really think that was one of God's biggest graces to me because he was just like, it was, it would have been too much for my mama heart. And he didn't. Yeah. I was looking at uh, the boys, you know, growing up that close, you know, bath time, shower time, it was a lot of doubling up. So the boys would, Abram and Ezra in particular, you know, they, they you know, they do their showers and, Ashley has a recording. Not of them in the show. Not of them. <laughs> but I'm literally standing recording a wall, but I'm <laughs> recording the conversation because I heard them talking. And it was really sweet. Yeah. And, and it's Abram, and it's maybe three weeks before Abram. It's probably about a month. Yeah. Before it's probably about a month before, before he, he passed. Wow. And they're talking in only the ways they can talk eight year old and a six year old or seven year old at that time. And yeah, he's seven. Abram knew because Ezra said, you know, I hope you get better. And and he's like, maybe tomorrow. And Abram was like, well, it probably won't be tomorrow, but hopefully soon. And just like there was an awareness they 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 both had. You had to finish the what he said after that. Oh, go ahead. Abram literally after that was like, Ezra, one day God's going to come back and everyone's going to get better. Like Abram knew he was going to be healed. Like he didn't know how, like, like it was the way God wired him. But it, like, it was nothing that we did. Like it was literally just something that I think God put in Abram, knowing his story, knowing his life. And like Abram knew the Lord, like in a way that he's like, no, like one day God is going to come back and Ezra, he's going to heal everybody. And then literally Ezra proceeds to ask about hair on Abram's legs. That was the follow-up question after that one. So it yeah. was solid. And that actually, I was like, my mama heart needed that, where yeah. I was also like, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have hair on your legs. Yep. Yeah. You do. Yep. yep. That's true. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was just so sweet and so tragic all at the same time. It just. Yeah. Like there was an awareness between the two of them. Yeah. Abram wasn't not aware, but. There was just an innocence to the way God wired him where it just, I I genuinely don't think he was worried, if that makes sense. Whereas I don't think any other human, like, I, I just think yeah. that was a gift that how he was wired was built for his story. Yeah. Interesting. Very No, interesting throughout right the entire thing. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. Wild. Yeah, That's I agree. That's very interesting. Wild. And it was hundred yeah. percent not our parenting. Yeah. Although I would love to take credit for that one day. <laughs> that is not truth. No. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah, because he was worried about certain things that would be painful throughout the process. He was worried about painful people. things, but he's worried about painful things that would happen to him and he's worried about other people. But that was that, it. how the whole thing was gonna work no, out where he never. was gonna go or himself at that level. Never. That's interesting. Well, yeah. I wish I was wired like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he really was the, like, he was a testimony to me and you. Like, he literally, there were days that that's what carried us. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, oh, okay, you can believe that. All right, mommy and daddy got to believe this too, so. Yeah, yeah if, you're, if you're not, it's the worst for you and you're not 
falling apart. Then I, I, I got to hold my crap together. I can't fall apart, uh, throw a fit or whatever. He really led us in that. And his siblings. Yeah. My favorite thing he used to always say, I think I said this before, but he just always wanted to be home with family. Family was the most important. And he, he really did like portray that to the other three. Like that was so sweet. Like when he would come home, it's like he didn't care about anything else. Like, we tried to do the welcome home things. Yeah. Like all our neighbors came out. Like oh, y'all came out. I mean, I he did. Yeah. Just get me inside. He wanted nothing to do with all the yep. attention. All, the all he wanted was his family in his house. Like, and it was so sweet. Like it meant, honestly, like I cried every time. Like it meant so much to me. Like the people that are like, you're home. Let's celebrate. And so it might've been just for me, but for Abram, he's like, I don't want any part of this. I want to be inside and I'll be with my family. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that overflows to our kids today. Yeah. So we just, we fought for those things to be together and function. And I, I don't think that's necessarily unique to us, but it was, yeah, if anything, it's just, we did, we just did the best we could. And we know there's consequences and repercussions for all our shortcomings, but it was the best we had. Yeah. I think what I hear, like, in we've talked obviously outside this table, but it's like um, going through an event like that you're living a different life than most people live under the sun. And so the rules of that life and what's allowed and how you do all of it, uh, it's a very uncharted territory. And so what I hear you saying is like, we kept the family together, right? As much as we could, right? And there was all, everything else that we did before, uh, a lot went out the window because that wasn't, we couldn't do it. We couldn't maintain that, nor yep. should you kind of thing. And and people that are listening and that that's need, okay. to, need to absolutely feel okay to do that. Yes. But the theme that I hear amidst um, all the activities that you guys were doing kind of thing, is, and even going back to our previous conversation with, with y'all was like, stay together, stay together, right? Don't drift, like keep the family together kind of thing at all costs. Whatever we got to do, we're going to keep everybody intact, you know, and on the boat, you know, um, versus the opposite of that, obviously. What does it look like? So they're, they're in, they go to counseling now, right? Or did they do throughout it? They have been, we're about to go back. We took a break for the summer. Okay. But, but they were, we started that before. We started it with just Abram and Ezra. Um, when Abram was sick, we started it with him and Ezra and they would sometimes go together, sometimes apart. And that was such a gift. The other two were through the place that I was at counseling with, okay, had good. someone that specialized in okay. children. And so found her and sent them. And that was really good. Like, especially when they would go together, just even long-term, like Ezra was going before Aaron passed and then continued to go after. And so I'm very grateful for that because there's just a place like, all of our kids suffered. What Ezra suffered was a different level where it is, is literally his best friend. It is his person. It's every, every person that he hung out with most of the time. Cause it was at this point in our dynamics before he got sick, it was, I mean, they all played together, but it was Abram and Ezra and then Jubilee and Eli. Like that's kind of how the dynamics worked. And so we did notice very clearly, like when Abram was in the hospital, like there was a shift, like the dynamic shifted, but that was the hardest on Ezra because it was his dynamic that was gone, if that makes sense. No, and so yeah. getting to do that was, I think, very healthy. And I think continues to be healthy for all of them. Because like even Eli like has started to express stuff to the counselor. Like that he just says things that 
like I don't even always know is going on in his head. And so he's thinking about stuff because he's getting older and he's able to process mm. stuff that he lived through and can now put words to. Yeah. But Ezra kind of had that opportunity and got to, it, we continued to do it. And we started after Abram passed, we started it with all three of them. Okay. Yeah. And the way our kids were wired, like Abram was so good at articulating yes. exactly where he was emotionally, physically, spiritually. Which was an amazing gift during what we went through. Incredible. But the other ones do not do that the same. It's, it's. He's all, the only one that was like that. Yeah. It's almost 100% opposite for the other three. And so having a counselor who's trained and gifted at drawing children out, like we were, we we're not gifted. I mean, there are kids, but we're, we're just. We try. <laughs> yeah. Not at that level. Right. For those things. Yeah. Like, and when we talk about like, you know, people are like, well, how can I help? And what should I say? Like, we felt those very same things for our own kids. We didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, we're in this hellstorm of all this stuff, and we don't know how to care for our kids. We And we didn't. And, we're, I mean, we're trying our best. And and so those feelings of what do we do, what do we say, or how do we say it, we didn't know. Yeah. So we were, we were trying to get help, counselor, and then, you know, they would confide in – Grandmas or aunts and uncles sometimes. Yeah. We get bits and pieces. Which was very helpful. Which was great. Well, I mean, our, our family was so awesome helping through that. But just, it was, yeah, we, we, we're we not coming here with answers necessarily, but just observations. What are the kids coming, like, so they go to a therapist, they go to a counselor, they come back with stuff and, and kind of just chirp out little things here and there, or do you talk to the counselor? Or how, how does that work with just the ebb and flow of, of understanding how they're doing and how they're processing the whole thing. Or I mean, the truth is I think most of the stuff they talk with the counselor about, like I'm not ever surprised by something the counselor's like comes like, it's normally stuff that I'm like, Hey, I see this. And she's like, Hey, I see this too. Honestly, ultimately, if nothing else, we're laying on counseling for them at this age. Like, I think it's good that they're talking to someone else that's not in the home. But I also ultimately I'm like, this is a rhythm I want for you in your life. Like, this is a safe thing for you, like, to know, I think with any kind of grief, I think with any kind of pain, you don't get through it by suppressing. You only get through pain, and it, it is a real pain. There's real stuff going on with them by learning how to talk about it and put words to where you're at to process it. And it it loses a power when you can say it out loud. It loses a power. Like, there's healing there. And so my hope, ultimately, is more of a rhythm for them. Because I think the trauma that they have gone through at such a young age will mark their story without question. And yet to have these rhythms of ways that are healthy, even if right now I'm not like gathering all this fruit from XYZ. You could have said that That's not the goal. Totally. And so it's it's a rhythm that I think will be good for them. Yeah. To know that that this is good. 100%. Yeah. If this, if this, grief is hardwired into them and in who they are then also uh these tools and and dialoguing con- are all will also be their kind yes. of thing it'll be so hope. normal to them yeah i like that a lot that's awesome that's my hope mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. i mean there's tendencies and with abram getting so much of the, the attention i mean there could be acting out there could be disciplinary things just for hey i i'm, I'm still here you know don't forget about me and they had a little bit of that, and that's hard, but it, I mean, it makes a, a ton of sense. It's just like, yep. I just I just want my mom and dad to 
remember I'm here. And it can feel to them, you know, that mom and dad are. MIA. Yeah. And we, and and we were we to were. some degree. Yeah. And it's not unfair. So. Yeah. Had to be. And the other thing, just, just kind of loosening your hands as a parent. I mean, God gave you those children as to be their parents. But in those type of situations, just to open your hands a little bit to need help. I mean, Eli was potty trained by his preschool. They were amazing. That's that's a very true story. Like yeah. we literally were like, I, I was like, we went into 2020 and I was like, he's going to be potty trained this year. We went in, everyone gets diagnosed first week of January. And I'm like, he is not being potty trained. And so that went out the window and I really wanted him to be because there's a teacher I really loved at the preschool and you have to be potty trained to be in that class the next year, all these things. And I was just like, I had a mission, didn't happen. I mean, he wasn't potty trained. This is still well, probably fi- a year later that he's actually potty trained. At, you know, we were, he was at preschool. And they just did it. Louisville. Louisville Christian School. They're, they were the gift that they were to our family. Like all our kids went there. They had Abram, they had all of them. And they literally just came around us and were like, whatever you need. Well, and then even for Eli, they were like, hey, just throw some extra clothes and diaper in his backpack. Yeah. We're, we're going to take care well, of this. Yeah. And But even more than that, I mean, they, they covered kids' tuitions. They were, they, they loved us well. They loved us very well. But it it's, as a parent, it, I mean, all those things, you're like, well, I'm supposed to do these things. Yeah. I'm supposed to. And we had to let go. Yeah. And we had to. We had to. Yeah. That was one of the hardest things is letting people help like that, though, where it felt very foreign to me, the way I'm wired. And I think I've mentioned that to you before, but having people step in like that, like even potty training your kid, you're just like, yeah, I should be able to have this together. I'm like, I should yeah. be able to do this. Yeah. And I'm like, it's my fourth kid. This should be easy. Guess what was not easy? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. one. Yeah. And then in fairness, even if Abram wouldn't gotten sick, he still probably would have been my hardest part. <laughs> yeah. Let's just full disclaimer. Yeah. But they did amazing and they did it and we let them help. And that was a gift. And they love that school specifically. I actually will speak into like during that season, the way they loved our kids was probably the most consistency they got because they're being raised by different like grandparents who love them, aunts and uncles who love them. But like it's very different each time. And that school was consistent. And it was one thing they could go to each day and it was consistent. And those people loved the Lord and they loved my children and did above and beyond. I mean, I'm still super close to well, my kids don't even go there anymore. And I, the people there have a place in my heart that will always be there. So, yeah, you can't as a parent going through that, you, you can't do it all. No. And you need help. And you need to let people help. And you just, as best you can, make decisions with people that are trustworthy. Yes. And let them. Lean on them. You, uh, you, yeah. And you have to. You have to. And and we were not going to make it. And they stepped in. But then there's a, whether it's cultural or whatever, of just like, ah, oh, we can still do this. Mm. Or, no, I really appreciate it, but. We, we can, we'll make it work. And, you know, and, and. And I was meant to do that. I mean, but we had to. We had to. And we were so fortunate to have those. those Safe places. Safe places to do that. Because when we had grandmas, we had aunts and uncles, we had the school, we had just people we could say, here's our children. This, this is the, our best and most precious. 
and we can't do what we are supposed to do. Please help us. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to hang out here too long, but because I don't think you can know this where you are now. So if there was something that you could have done differently or there was something that you wish someone else knew that you wish you wish you knew, you know, at the beginning of this whole thing about how to navigate your three other kids, you know, what would that be, if anything? A lot of we were never sorry about the togetherness and fighting for it, even if it, even if we paid for it some somewhat. Yep. It was worth it. The moments we got together as a family. Yeah. Cause even like we'd, you know, we'd bring kids up to the hospital and Aaron be like, <laughs> Hey, can I'm feeling a little done here? It's like pure chaos in my room. And we take them out of the room. Yeah. In the hall. Yeah. yeah. We'd create pure chaos in the hall. Or, or grandparents would bring them up yeah. and then be like, as soon as Aaron was done, be like, all right, you know, but. For the to, moments we could. And that was, I mean, for the grandparents, for the kids, I mean, it's half hour drive down the hospital. They got to check in, come up, and yeah, then Avery gets done in 10 minutes. Never with Ezra. Ezra was always fine. Yeah. Hmm. Julie, as she got older, did better. Eli always liked to push buttons. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was. But everyone loved him. Yeah, it was worth. He wanted the hug. Yep. He did. He wanted the hug. And then just, I mean, you, I mean, you don't want to be flippant with who gets those caregiving spaces for your children but if they're if you if you trust them if you trust them let let them help let them yeah let them help yeah and your kids will benefit from it and don't let them just go with anybody but yeah you know if they've earned earned that trust let let them be kids Hmm. their questions are just as impossible as our questions were they did they i I think that really surprised me. Like their questions about things are, they're very aware. They're a lot more aware, I think, than we even now probably give them credit for. Like I hear stuff now, especially from Ezra, like as he's sharing more as he gets older and stuff, like that he was aware of, I didn't realize he was. And and to a degree, that's how he's wired. Like, and I I think to some degree, I think I put what, how Abram was. Like Abram was very like, when it mattered, but he cared about people, like the things he cared about, Abram was mm. very aware of. If he didn't care, like Abram did not care. Like all the stuff that didn't matter. Like he cared about people and he cared about, you know, he didn't want to be in pain. But other than that, he's kind of like, I don't care about anything else. What would be like an example for Ezra of something that. Ezra's just, Ezra's incredibly smart. Like he, he is very aware of everything, I think. I mean, he just sees stuff mm. that I I miss a lot. And then I have follow-up Always paying attention, very quiet, Always. watching, 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 exactly watching, that. watching. Very, very quiet. Not necessarily like engaging you in it, but like he sees it all. He hears it all. And then he has these conversations. He comes up and I'm like, I did not realize you knew that. And there's a sweetness in it though now of like getting to have these conversations with him. Of stuff that, yeah, I just didn't even realize he was aware of. I mean, like we, I was telling you, but like, I mean, his whole, he's talking about different stuff recently and talking about the idea of eventually getting baptized. And so we're talking through some questions. And one of the things we talked about was like, what questions do you have for God? And he's like, I I don't understand why Abram died. Like, I mean, just, he's just very aware. Like his two questions that he had about God were, why did Abram die? 
And why did God allow Satan to come to earth when he banished him? Like, not that he shouldn't have, but I'm like, and yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to negate either of those. I, I was those like, are buddy, my questions too. I, I, that's yeah. exactly what I, that was exactly <laughs> right. what I Who told him. I was like, buddy, yeah. I am yeah. 36 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guess what? I have those exact same questions. Yeah. Like, 37. Am I? Th- oh gosh, I'm 37. <laughs> it's a podcast. You should. We don't. <laughs> I'm be 36 on this podcast. It's fine. I'm not. Are you about to be 38? Oh my gosh, we're so old. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just threw for a loop. <laughs> yeah. No, he's interacting but with it, questions that are. Man, some people don't like, think about until way later. He has man. a very or ever, or like, ever unfortunately. His yeah. answers to all this stuff, like like his level of what he gets, is so much higher than what I. I believed he understood during the more that comes out of him. And he Mm. did because he doesn't always say a lot unless he's really upset. And so I just think kids are very aware and to give them like they're their own person. I think there's a space that we need to give them to like, not like this isn't just our story. This is their story. Yeah. And we're still navigating that. And we did the best we could during. And I, I personally at least missed that during, during I was such survival of like, I'm taking care of Abram and I'm gonna do the best I can for my other three, but I missed their story of grief. Whereas I think now on this side of grief, I see that more and I'm able to enter into it more, which is good. And that's okay that I wasn't there then. Yeah. The practical thing would be like, it's again, it's a matter of energy and you only have so much of it. And so if a certain amount of it all of a sudden has to be redistributed to one of your kids kind of thing, then the rest of it can't go where it was, kind of can't, can't be distributed appropriately. And so it's like the thing that you guys did was you leaned on your family and your friends, the people you trust. That was like the fastest thing you did was like, who do we love? Who loves our kids? Yep. Who can we trust? They're going to just get them around them kind of thing, you know, which is a practical like application to it. Assuming people have that. It's like, and this is hard. I, get and your kids I know people, people that love them. And that is hard. And I don't have a great answer for that. Yeah. And that, I mean, yeah. Do you have anything you would say to that? Because I, I actually, I've seen that and I, I'm so thankful we did. And yet I know there's people that don't. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't judge them. I understand. Yeah. You do the you best just, you can. You're just doing the best you can. That's it, man. But if, if at all possible. Yeah. I think in the day you do the best you can. And what I would say after that is to have grace for yourself. Yeah. Because you do the best you can with what you have. And their story will be defined by things. And yet there's still grace. There's still healing. Like God heals. Like he can still heal those things. And Yeah, because, I mean, you leave him with a grandparent and you come home and things are not good and they've been doing things not good. And, and so then you overreact to that. And I could see very quickly how as a parent you'd, you would pull back on all that. Say, okay, if that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, you can't do this. Right. So, so, I mean, ultimately for us, we're just so thankful we could, we had those places that we could open our hands to. And not everybody's got that. And we were, we were very fortunate. Yeah, and the way y'all look at, like, even that, the grace and, like, just to be open of, or even fostering, like, hey, they're, they're going to go through counseling. That's going to be normal. That's yeah. normal. That's normal. That should be normal. It should be normal. It should uh, be normal for everyone. Though. Yeah, that's what <laughs> still, I'm saying. I still believe that. <laughs> yeah. And I said that a couple of times. I just, yeah. I'm making sure that's very You're clear. You're normal. <laughs> yes. Everyone we, should be a counselor. We are normal. Yeah. But it's like, uh, yeah. Or, and then, like, because you have no idea, like, to put yourself in that, like you had alluded to it way early, 
and you talked about it some too. It's like, okay, well, they're, they're young kids. And like, what are they, what are they grasping? What do they know? What are they going to remember? What are they, either way, it's all shaping them. Yep. And so like to have an atmosphere to where there's grace for y'all, there's grace for them. And we're going to talk about all of it and we're not going to have answers and we're not going to, I remember my uncle not being able to kind of share that. He shares story with me now. He's, I'm 43, he's 63 years old. He's like, my mom died when I was nine. And I vividly remembered riding in the car to the funeral and people are pumping gas and getting groceries. And like, that's one of his biggest memories. And he's like, what are y'all doing? Like mom died. And so I hear a lot of like, even Ezra at his age, he's like, my best friend, like, is not, like, I've had to like, what do you, and he may have some of those memories, but to foster like to what is shaping him now to where it's like, maybe there's just a few because he was so young, but it happened and it's a part of life and it's what we're yeah. doing. And y'all do have to keep doing this and give each other grace and to ha- talk about it and to say, let's put some tools in place and let's yeah. be very, that's. And I think the goal, like ultimately too, like I've definitely gotten more lax in the side of discipline specifically with what they want to share with me. Like if you want to share something with me, you get significantly less discipline just because I'm like, I want to be safe Yeah. because I think I want, like I I desperately want that for our kids. Like not that I won't correct things that I hear like in their train of thought, but like, I really want to be a safe place for them to be like, Hey, I'm struggling and I'm gonna come to you. Like, and I mean, I think both of us do that, like, to a you degree do. now. You do. Where it's just like, we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to be fake. Like, this world is very broken. Like, our kids know that to a degree that I think most kids their age do not. Totally. Like, we talk about that often in our totally. home. Like, this world is broken, and yet you can come to us and, like, you can talk about anything. Like, you can ask me any question you want, and you will not get in trouble. But, like, I want my kids to come to feel safe to – because they've gone through it. Sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a really sweet and difficult but sweet thing. My, uh, I don't know, I have this in my head. My grandfather had a brother named Tommy, and they were the same age as, as, as Ezra and Abram, or right around the same pocket of ages. And Tommy died, and Tommy died because they were hanging out in a bathroom, to like, just home alone kind of thing. Like, great-grandpa was gone. And back in those days, they'd made uh, toilet seats different. There was some sort of material on the toilet seat that was flammable and, and you know, you couldn't breathe it. And, and so um, they're sitting there like kids, lighting matches, throwing the matches into the toilet, right? Well, one of the matches or several of them landed on the toilet seat, which created a fume uh, that Tommy breathed in and it killed him, right? Mm-hmm. And he Gosh. was four or five years old. My grandfather came around the corner and checked on him and he was dead, right? And so my great-grandfather comes home and sees my grandfather there holding his dead brother. He'd been there for the duration of the evening, right? And he took it out on him, right? Like he blamed him for his death. He took it out on him. It became a major identifying marker of my grandfather's life was that he had to carry that Mm. kind of thing. And the reason I, I say that story is like when we're, talking about parenting, I guess, and parenting kids that are going through some version of that kind of thing. My grandfather is one, he's, he is who he is, but he's a very loving person. 
He accomplished a great deal in his life. He had, had a family. He had grandkids. He's kind, right? Like he's soft, even though that the the greatest thing that ever happened to him got blamed, and he got blamed for mm. it and had to carry that weight forever. Like it was your fault this happened, kind of thing. And to think about the way you guys are doing that, and the totally opposite way, kind of thing, mm. with something of that magnitude, you know, it's like this is how it ought to be done. The spirit of it, let's just say, is how it ought to be done. Mm. You know, and I think in my head, like I'm like again. It's just a story for a story kind of thing. There's a lot of other stories, but I'm like, if my grandfather can end up like that, 85 years old, 85 years old, end of his life, then golly, what are these kids going to end up like? Yeah, with you two as their parents. Yeah, you know. Yeah, keep going. It's yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, it's cool. I mean, they'll definitely be in counseling to some degree for us at some point. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, well, if they've experienced um, our, I, I, that's a good thing. That's very encouraging, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, and in all humility, we just trying to do the best we can, and we don't know what the heck we're doing. No, no, no. But this is just our story of it. Yeah, it's a very loving, loving environment that's not doing that. That has uncles and aunts and grandparents and schools. They do. They're. I mean, even their public really school cool. they're in now. They're our kids are. That's one of the things I will say. Like, I've heard people question where God was in Abram's story because he didn't heal him. And that to me is never a question. Like I question a lot of things the Lord did. Like I, I've had my wrestles with the Lord. Like that yeah. is not what I'm trying to say at all, but I've never questioned that God was there because I see this story. I see the way he met my son in ways that was unfathomable to me of how he held him. And then I see stuff of how he orchestrated around our other kids, around us. I mean, I'm like, he was not, not there. Uh, yeah. So I like, understand. that's never, that is not even on my, like people are like, where's God? Like he's there. He, a lot of the time has not done what I wanted. And I have absolutely like, I don't want it to sound like I haven't wrestled. Cause there's been a lot of that. And sure. we haven't really, we haven't really touched on that, I guess yet, but he's there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, he's holding the, a lot and, of things. And, and the the thereness in that statement is like in ways that are too specific to you to even explain. Yes, like it's. Uh, I can't not see it. It's too odd. Yeah, little things that happen. Little, it's like they didn't have to happen, no. but they did. And I mean, our kids just, were surrounded. Our other three, right. Adrian was surrounded. I mean, we were surrounded. It was it was so evident in our story. It's cool. So. Yeah.